Welcome to the Heroes of Reality podcast, a podcast about the game of life and the hero's journey we all experience. Let's jump in with our host, Dylan Watkins, as he introduces today's guest. You ever wondered what it takes to go from being underconfident to super bold? In this podcast, we're going to be talking to you, the author who's going to teach you how. Fred Joyle is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and business advisor. He co-founded the most successful dentist referral service in the country, 1-800-DENTIST. You might have heard of some of his commercials before. He has previously written two books on marketing. He has dabbled in stand-up and improv comedy, acted in bad movies, excellent TV commercials. And his latest book, Super Bowl, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days, was just released in October. He has once beat Sir Richard Branson in chess and was also a question on Jeopardy. He is an avid cyclist, a below-average tennis player, and even worse golfer. And he lives in Los Angeles, California. So without any further delay, I'd like to welcome Fred. Thank hey. you, Dylan. Hi. Good to see you. <laughs> hey, brother. Good to connect. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to wrap with you uh, about this, um, about your new book that just came out. I think a lot of people uh, struggle with this this concept of of underconfident to being bold. Um, I think one of the things that I've noticed a lot of is people live lies of quiet desperation um, where they always, they, they go to the grave song on song and they're so worried about what other people think and how other people view that they won't ever take action for themselves. So I think this is actually a really important topic to cover. I'd love to talk just a little bit about how did you come up with this book and and what was really the, the motivations for creating it? So I grew up as an incredibly shy person, uh, mm. missed a lot of opportunities, whether it was asking a girl out or even asking a girl to dance or in business, taking chances or even learning how to do stuff like make a cold, cold call and stuff like that. I was, I was paralyzed in my shyness and it was incredibly frustrating because I could also see bold people and I would see what they do, and I would like, why are they like this? I mean, why, why nothing stops them, right? They and they don't stop themselves, and I'm stopping myself all the time, uh, and missing out on stuff, and stacking up the regrets. And I eventually got so frustrated and realized if I was going to make a living and if I was going to have relationships, I had to force my way out of it. So I just kept pushing myself into my discomfort zone. And it was a long and arduous process, but I became bolder and bolder and bolder and life got better and better and better. And I stopped missing stuff. I stopped missing fun, adventure, opportunities, promotions, uh, able to raise money for businesses and you know generate massive number of clients for 1-800-DENTIST, which was our business, acting in the commercials, speaking in front of hundreds or thousands of people. And, it, and I looked at how I transformed myself and I thought, I, people need to understand this. I wish I understood these, how I got here at 15 or 20 years old. And so I was speaking to a group of high school kids and I was brought in as a, a mentor. Uh, as, as one of the mentors in the group. And I did a, a you know, like a half an hour presentation of my life lessons. And one of the lessons was boldness is a superpower. And they really latched onto it. And they really came to me and said, yeah, but how? Uh, and so I eventually brought it down to a systematic way that anybody can learn in an accelerated way. 
to expand their boldness and confidence so that they can really chase their dreams and don't miss out on stuff and don't have a life filled with, regret, with regrets. Like you say, living life of, uh, a life of quiet desperation. Sometimes they're living a life of noisy desperation, but it's still desperation. And in the end, they probably played it really safe and they're not happy with that fact. Yeah. And that, yeah, it reminds me of, there was like a Jim Carrey who talked about his, his dad, who was like a, 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 an accountant or something. He took the safe path. And then at some point he got fired from his safe path as an accountant and they had to figure out what he needed to do. So that people feel like that there's, if I take the safe path, I'll be safe, but it's not always the, the, the way to go. I mean, getting that, making that swing, taking that big chance, going for that opportunity and going big can, and it can often be much safer Right. There's this perceived safety versus actual safety. You probably don't want to, you know, swim to Catalina from Los Angeles with uh, T-bones around your neck. Probably some actual dangers there. But we have some we have some perceived safety, which is um, can I get online and talk about the things I fear? Can I cry in front of people? Can I there's a lot of these things that are misperceived safeties. Uh, what are some of the um, what would you say? Uh, common misperceptions about uh, being bold or common misperceptions about this being this underconfident person that people don't really understand? Well, what they don't understand most of the time is that they're telling themselves the worst case scenario. They're able to come up with all of these terrible things that could happen. I'm gonna be embarrassed, I'm gonna be humiliated, people are gonna laugh at me, I'm gonna fail. Bold people don't worry about that because they know even if they're in a situation where people are laughing at them or they fail or they could be embarrassed, they choose not to be embarrassed. And instead, what they become is they, they radiate this energy that people are attracted to because everything rolls off them and they chase their dreams. They, and, and it's because they're not the ones to tell themselves no. They wait till somebody else tells them no, and then they see if maybe there's a way around even that no. The no is a temporary thing in their mind, and it's that's a very powerful shift. But most of us, I mean, it's deep in our primal need to fit in, right? This goes back to being tribes on the African plain. It's like, yeah. if you didn't fit in, if you were ostracized from the tribe, you died. Right, somebody from another tribe was going to kill you, or you were going to starve to death or be eaten. So we really get uh, this this strong need all the time to fit in, but it doesn't get us anywhere. Um, and it, and it's as you said, it's this illusion of safety. Security is an illusion. A lot of times, people think, "Oh, I, I I'm really comfortable now. I'm really set." And it's like, okay, well now what? You're home watching TV. You can afford your apartment, but the the clock is running, right? The years are clicking by, and and you're not pushing yourself. You're not discovering. You're not enlivening yourself. And that's what bold people do: is they like, I, I want to live the fullest life possible because I don't know how much time I have. And they've been rewarded for their boldness. That that's the other thing that happens when you when you act boldly. Every time I was bold. When I look back, even when I was shy, the, the times I summoned it was like a pivotal point in my life. Like everything shifted. And and I look back and like 20 years later, there's this whole 
tree of of rewards that came from that moment. And then there's all the regrets when I can look back and go, I should have done that. I should have said that. I should have tried that. So and I don't want any more of those. Which is which is awesome. You're right. You're talking about being rewarded for boldness, right? And then it's it's but there's there's this moment, right? You know, the between stimuli and and you know action, there's a choice, a chance to to respond, not just react, right? But but often we are paralyzed by our own fears, self-worries, judgments, things like that. Can you talk to me about what is what do you think is like the internal break this down the the internal belief process for how do you get someone to go from being like I don't know if I can take that jump I'm afraid I'm scared I'm this to actually cross that chasm of action to make that to make that leap right to turn that switch over from I'm afraid I'm underconfident to being bold what is what do you think is that that what is that chasm and how do you get people to cross it Sometimes it takes missing something really important mm. and they get frustrated enough that they go, I have to change. I have, and they have to let go of that self-definition. I'm a shy person. I'm an introvert. I don't like to meet people. I like to be alone. This is all BS they're telling themselves so that they don't feel that anxiety of, of meeting people. And so that, that frustration has to drive them. But then you have to, and this is one of the things I teach in Super Bowl, is that one of the techniques is to control the dosage, control the intensity of this move into your discomfort zone. Don't go leaping forward into it. It's just like if, if you're going to learn to to skydive, you know, take some lessons, maybe do tandem first, you know, don't just jump out of a plane and hope you can figure it out on the way down. And it's the same thing with building your boldness muscle. If you start gradually, and I lay it out starting even non-verbally, where you learn to let rejection bounce off you by putting yourselves in situations where it really doesn't matter if you get rejected or not, and you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And it, it, it's a muscle just like the brain functions like a muscle. You can build new neural pathways until your default mode is to act boldly rather than to hesitate. And it, the, because the reward system is there, but you have to do it in a way that the reward system is there and the, and the experience isn't so intense that you freeze because that's, that's the mode we go into. We go fight, flight, or freeze. A lot of times in, in situations, people go into freeze mode. Oh, they eventually flee. They leave the party without meeting anybody. <laughs> you know, what's so funny is um, <clears throat> it is a muscle that rejection building that out. Uh, one of the shows that I have, I I love and I hate. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. Is Impractical Jokers? Have you ever seen that show? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It makes me so socially uncomfortable to sit there and watch those guys time and time again go into these social situations and eat food off of people's plates in a restaurant to go in and do these activities. And I get like someone who's like goes on stage and does talks and does these types of things right here. I just have so much. It's this, it's this anxiety and I, just, I try to sit there and watch it to just try to desensitize myself to what these guys do. And it's one of those things that like if it's weird because we we want to have 
we want to we want to be able to carve our own path. We want to have autonomy. We want to be able to choose our own destination. But at the same time, we want to be accepted by the groups, right? So I watch the Impractical Jokers as a way to kind of desensitize myself to get comfortable watching these just dudes do these things that are so cringy in 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 the public <laughs> environment. Because I'm just like, take it. I think I can take it. I think I can watch. It. I can like, I can't do that thing. Like I watch it through here a little bit. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe you just did that. Oh no. <laughs> It's so intense, but like what you talked about getting comfortable with rejection and these things, like what activities, what micro activities can people do to build up their, their rejection muscles? What are like, you're talking about these things. What, what would that look like? All right. So a perfect example that in the, this five level of, of exercises in the book, the, in the first level, the, one of the first exercises is to smile at everybody you meet intending to get to somebody who doesn't smile back and then not taking it on because you have no idea what headspace that person is in right so you you learn to let it go you're you're aiming to fail you're aiming to be rejected by a complete stranger and realizing nothing terrible happened this is the secret bold people know is 99% of the time, nothing bad happens. Like these guys on Impractical Jokers, they're, they know that nothing bad's really actually gonna happen if they eat something off somebody's plate or whatever. The person's gonna look at them really strange here or say, what the heck are you doing? But nobody's gonna beat them to death, right? They don't, they don't take on, oh, I should be embarrassed. I should be humiliated. I should worry about what people are thinking. It's like, we, the amount of time we spend worrying about what perfect strangers are thinking about us is enormous and it is so counterproductive. And you know, what, if you can just take and make a list of the, of the people in your life and say, whose opinion matters and how much do they matter on a, and on a scale of one to 10, and then say, okay, how many people is that? Let me, let me ask you, if you, in your mind, how many people would rank a nine or a 10 in your life that their opinion mattered that much? Maybe six, you know? Yeah. 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 Pretty yeah. low. <laughs> That's it. Right. And so the reality is everybody else should be a two or a three, maybe, or a one, uh, or a zero. And people go, oh, but people are going to laugh at me. It's like, and I always go, what people? Do you know them? Do they know you? Then what the heck are you worried about? What they have no idea who you are. So why are you worried about their judgment of you? It's it, it's a it's you got to flip that mindset. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard. I mean, it's a really difficult situation that there's there's like be there's almost like this momentum that builds up in the background when every time you deny yourself before taking action, you choose the safe route, right? You choose the safe route and you build up this momentum. Like there's this previous, like we have the herd mentality, right? So the herd mentality is we follow the herd, right? But there's not only just the herd of actual people, there's the herd of yourself moving through time before. So imagine this, like you go to Starbucks, right? Or imagine you, you're trying to get out of the Starbucks habit, but every day you go to Starbucks, right? Well, every day you go past that Starbucks, there's the line of you from the previous day get in there. And it's first one of you, then two of you, then three of you day after day. And it's a herd of you, right? That same thing happens when you're talking about actually uh, making these bold or these, these uh, timid 
uh, interactions. And so you're choosing to play small, you're choosing to dim your light and you build up this herd of yourself previously going through it. And then that is, then you get stuck in that pattern of behavior, which and that's why I was curious, like, how do you break that? And I love the idea of just smiling at somebody and just waiting and counting, counting the people that don't smile back. Right. And seeing what is that? What is that? And realizing they could, that could be, this could be the worst day of their life or they have yeah. bad teeth. Right. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, we, we want to take it on. You got to train yourself to not take it on. Another thing that I do is, is one of the exercises is I say, if you see a sign that says employees only go in, oh, walk, walk. If it's not locked, go in. And just because you're going to, you're going to have this thing in your head going, I can't go in there. There's a sign that says <laughs> I can't go in and you go in and you get to the other side. Nobody says anything. Nothing mm. bad happens. If somebody says something, they might say, oh, uh, this is for employees only. Uh, do you belong here? And you can say, well, I am an employee, uh, just not here. Um, and then leave, right? But, and, but the whole experience is this process of bathing in that anxiety of like, oh, I shouldn't be in here. I don't belong here. Bold people tell themselves, I belong everywhere. It's a powerful shift. That's what I'm looking for, those stories. So there's two things. There's 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 mindset, skill set kind of stuff, right? And so what you have yeah. right now, you have you have you have your you have experiences that shape your your stories, your stories shape your actions, your actions shape your habits, onward and upward and out the door you go. Yeah. Right. And so if you're looking at that, that's what I'm really curious about. One of these, these, these micro because sometimes people say, Oh, just believe, just believe, just believe. And sometimes you gotta do it without believing. Sometimes you just gotta yeah. show up on stage. And so I love that I love the path is like I belong everywhere. It's a powerful story. It's a very yeah. powerful story. Uh, what are some other stories that bold people tell themselves? Uh, they tell themselves that they're going to get hurt. Um, and they they tell themselves that they, they've actually designed a life to pursue as, as comfortable and safe as a life as possible. Because within that, it feels really good, except in the long arc of your life, it's really unfulfilling. It's really unsatisfying because suddenly the decades start clipping by. And so what, what you have to do is go, uh, what's, what's actually rewarding? Where's the interesting stuff outside my comfort zone? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this unusual meal. And you know what? It might be terrible, but there's some part of you that went, hey, I actually tried something new. Uh, and when you when you trap yourself in your comfort zone, you diminish the quality of your life. And it's even worse if you find a mate who wants to do the same thing and you play it safe together for 40 years. Um, what I what I want people to do is is push their boundaries and take bold moves in their life. One, because we need bold problems solved. So we need people stepping up saying, I think I can solve the plastic problem in the yeah. ocean. I think I can keep that glacier from melting in Alaska. We need these people. Yeah, what's, I mean, what's, what's interesting is I do want to get back to the, what are the stories bold people tell themselves? Um, yeah. And one of the things that I want to touch on that I think is important that is I think um, a lot of people want to be entrepreneurs, but a lot of people are afraid to do so. Um, and they come up with all these excuses on why they can't. Uh, the, the challenge is what bold people do 
is a lot of divergent thinking versus convergent thinking, right? So divergent is many possibilities for many answers, right? It's like convergence is you start at a point and you render it down to a result. And the, and the thing is we've been taught like in school, you're not allowed to have divergent thinking. You can't go to the teacher, the teacher asks you a question, you're like, that question's dumb. That doesn't work, you can't get by in that kind of pattern. So we've we've taught a lot of convergent thinking where there's only one answer and the only way to do it is to refine that down and work that principle out the gate versus bold people say, oh, you know what? I'm not, I, I don't, I reject your reality. I'm gonna choose a different one and I'm gonna go this way, right? And there's this divergent thinking, which I think is important, right? That's one type of way of thinking that's a storyline that bold people have. What are some other storylines that are like that are either either mindsets or stories that that bold people tell themselves that they can have as this kind of mental model reality that they live by? So think about how often we are told that failure is bad. I mean, 12 years of school, 16 years of school, pass, fail, right? F, right? Failing is bad except every entrepreneur and every business person and every person who's taken risk knows that within that is the possibility of failure and within the failure is the information you need to rise, to move up. So bold people, they look at all their failures as a stairway up. It's like, wow, that was, that was the opposite of what I thought was gonna happen. I'm gonna have to figure out how to go a different way. They don't, the rest of us are, this story we're telling ourselves is, oh, I, I can't, I don't want to fail. We get to like 21 or 22 or something like that. We never want to fail at anything ever again, because it feels bad to fail. We've been taught that it is bad and we should feel bad to fail. What you have to do is remember that you, failing is how you learn to walk. It's how you learn to talk. It's how you learn to ski. It's how you learn to play guitar. You sucked at all those things, right? Imagine a parent that says, you know, this kid has tried to walk for, for three weeks. I'm just going to tell him to just stay sitting and crawl for the rest of his life. That would, You would never do that. But then parents come in and they suppress everything else. Don't talk to strangers. Uh, you know, people are going to laugh. Don't draw attention to yourself. Fit in. Don't be a show off. What about this? Can you talk to me about a time in your life? You, 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 uh, you had 1-800-deadness or any of the entrepreneurial careers where you had a massive failure um, and, and how did you handle that? Yeah, I, I, okay, I lost a million dollars investing in an independent film. And I could have said, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with any of this stuff. I just came away and said, no, the lesson is what I am never going to support anything that I don't create myself because I supported somebody else's idea, somebody else's script. And I knew all along, it's like, I could, I could do better than this, but now I'm in and I, and I let myself overspend on this. So I learned one, there's a point where you pull the plug, right? And you just go, Hey, I, I'm, I'm 300 grand in. That's all. I don't care if the movie doesn't finish. That's all I'm going to lose but you just keep pushing more money, good money after bad. But the other thing I learned was how to make my own TV commercials because I was on the set every day. So instead of spending $300,000 a year making television commercials, I was making them for $100,000 a year because I was so much more efficient. Mm -hmm. So within 
uh, 10 years, I had more than recouped that, that loss of a million dollars, but I was also way better at it. I didn't just retreat and say, I'm, I'm out of this. I'm not going to invest in anything ever again. I'm never going to take another chance because that hurt bad. And believe me, losing a million dollars is, 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 has a sting to it. <laughs> um, but you, you, you know, once you find your way back from that, you go, oh, wow, there was a pathway out and you, and you become resilient. That's, that's a, that's the boldness muscle getting built. It's like, oh, I didn't die. I actually, I, I just sat down and figured out what was there that I could learn from this. Yeah. That would, so, so <laughs> million dollar lesson, that, that is a powerful <laughs> lesson. And by the way, you want to talk about paying attention, you know, people that pay more pay attention. And that lesson, I, I think it was really, really powerful is that a lot of people, like if you, if that hits and you lose a million dollars, you're like, okay, I'm going to get something out of this. You know, I'm going to, you know, maybe you stay at a fancy hotel and you start, you start shoving the place, you know, all the bed sheets into your suitcase or something. I don't know. You're like, I'm taking these lessons with me. I'm taking everything with me, <laughs> but there's power. There's a power in that where you say, okay, I already paid the money. I'm already, I'm already in. So what do I get out of this and how do I leverage this? And then how do I use this where I can make an, a net gain over time, make my money back and, and reinvest in myself? What for you personally are, are some major areas of investment in yourself that's had a major dividend and return for yourself? Well, probably one of the best things I did was uh, personal coaching. Uh -huh. uh, and and one of the things that that my coach drove home was to never undervalue myself and uh, and a perfect example of that where where people hesitate when when they undervalue themselves like i i somebody came to me with a project uh university of california came to me with a project totally one off like nothing i had ever done but i i had the wherewithal to execute it and i'm thinking i don't know what to charge for this so I'm thinking, uh, I'm going to charge five grand and it's, and it's probably going to take me 40 hours or something like that. And, but, I, but I'll learn a lot doing it and I, and I don't want them to not accept it. So my coach said, why not 25 grand? And I said, wow. I, I said, I don't want him to turn it down. He said, uh, you know, how, who else could do this besides you? You're undervaluing yourself. They they came to you because they know you can do this. They're going to be more afraid that you won't do it. And and I and I had this anxiety. I was like, no, I, I can't ask for that much money. I, in my mind, I had I worked my way up from ten to fifteen. Finally, I said, you know, uh, this twenty five thousand to do this to them. I pitched it as that, and they went, okay, great, let's get started. And I went like. Yes, you should have asked for 45. <laughs> <laughs> that belief, but man. But it's like inside me is that like, oh, you're, you're going to lose. You're going to fail. They're going to take it away. But what they did is they did it. And then they came back again and asked for another thing for another 25 grand. And wow. so that it becomes very powerful when you go, when you say, if I don't undervalue myself, if I value myself confidently and project that, they're, they're, people are driven by a fear of loss more than a, than a possibility of gain. So their fear that I wasn't going to do it for less than 25 grand made them not come back and say 20 grand 
or we only have 15,000 in the budget. They went, we got to find 25 grand if we want Fred to do this. Now, they may have turned me down. I've had other people turn me down, uh, but in, in there was a lesson in that too. It's like they didn't, act, they weren't committed enough to complete this thing to pay me what I'm worth. I need to get paid what I'm worth, yeah. or and they don't get my time because time is my only commodity I've got to sell. That's my only finite thing. And also you're looking at the difference between what's, what is the hourly? Is it cost plus versus value provided? Which I think is an important thing is, and if you have low value or you're in a scarcity mindset, both those things can cause you to devalue yourself. That's a great lesson uh, where you look at and go, okay, can anybody else do this besides me? Am I willing to walk away? And if you're able, if you're willing to walk away and you understand that the value that you bring, you can swing and, but you have to be willing if you're bold, you have to be willing to have someone reject you and be okay with that because you're because the people that make bold swings are the people that don't always you don't always knock it out of the park you know babe Ruth, you swing you know. and miss for sure yeah and I, like, I, i've had pitches where i swung and i missed and and i said but i instead of going oh that, i wasn't worth the money i went no i didn't pitch it right yeah. i gotta <laughs> figure out my my pitch was wrong uh, I was, I, I came at it the wrong way or was too eager, whatever the heck it was, I didn't translate it to value. So instead they went like, wow, this is only going to take him like 30 hours. Why would I pay him 25 grand? I never let them do that arithmetic. Yeah. It was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to give you what you want in more, but I, I need to get paid to do yeah. it. Which is which is awesome. And so we're talking about teaching this diff this this method. Is this the pride method? Is this yeah. the okay? So your pride method is I'm assuming some sort of acronym for action that allows you yes. to go across that chasm from underconfident to, to super bold, right? And that's kind yeah. of what that's that's the method from where you're at to where you want to bring people to. Yeah, and, so, and it's and so I can I can break it down fairly simply without obviously sure. I go into much more detail in the book. Sure, but you also said. It's, 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 the book is a combination of shifting your mindset and then tactical application because yeah. that's, that's what the exercises are, but you have to move your mindset. You have to understand why and how you want to be bold. And then also understand some interacting techniques, communication, behavior, things to do, things not to do that a lot of people aren't, aren't taught, but the pride method is an acronym for preparation, relaxing, insight dosage which i already mentioned and everyday action and i'm gonna and so preparing is just what how am i gonna say it just like i said I, if i'm gonna ask for twenty five thousand dollars, i have to be prepared to pitch that if i'm gonna introduce myself to somebody myself to somebody across the room i need to think about what i'm gonna say before i walk over there instead of hoping i come up with it we don't, nobody trains us in social skills growing up. They're too busy teaching us calculus and stuff like that. Uh, but you need to prepare what you're going to say. And preparation does two things. It, it gives you something to say, but it yeah. also provides the foundation for spontaneity. Yeah. You said that you're a, a below average tennis player, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you ever read the inner game of tennis? You no, I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of continuity of this, which which I think is actually a really powerful thing that there's 
um, I want I want to talk about this because you're it it relates to this preparation, relaxation, insight, dosage, everyday actions. Is that um, when we're trying to learn something new, there's the critical mind and there's kind of like the flow in the moment mind, right? There's these two minds, right? And if the critical mind is trying to teach you something, you feel like that's the way you need to learn. You big dummy, you idiot, you got yeah, I got to figure this thing out, right? Is it doesn't really give a chance for that inner flowy mind to figure stuff out. So a lot of what the inner game of tennis teaches about is about that relaxation and that preparation to where you 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 just you show up and you take action, you do, and you just kind of be aware of what's happening. You don't judge yourself, you just be aware and you go, okay, oh, well that didn't work out with that situation. Um, I went on stage, I presented, I, I, I ate a big bag and it was awful. And, uh, and you're like, okay, cool. Okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to get better at that? And then you kind of, you, and you're going through that process. So I really like this prepar preparing, but then relaxing in the moment, then taking those insights and, and going through it, it almost has a very kind of flow cycle to it. Um, and that, it, it, it really is. And they, and, they, and they all reinforce each other. Um, mm. Your preparation relaxes you. Your ability to relax by breathing and, and changing your physiology is part of your preparation. Your yeah. insights are that nothing bad is going to happen unless I decide to label it that way. Uh, or I don't know what this person's headspace is. This could be the worst day of their life. I don't have to worry about their judgment of me. And it's just, you're deprogramming that because you've been taught to worry about everybody's opinion of you. People are going to judge you. People are going to, you know, you don't want them to think you're this or that or whatever you're dumb or, or, you know, a failure or any of those things. I've, I've failed spectacularly in my life. Um, and succeeded spectacularly as well. Mm. Uh, and I, the the failures don't bother me because uh, uh, I, w I went out and succeeded again, uh, mm. instead of taking, you know, making that the end of the line. It's only a failure if you stop trying. Yeah, let me ask you a question with, when it comes to the pride method and this this daily dosage, uh, of taking this stuff in, do you have like a morning ritual or some sort of cadence that allows you to constantly expand your comfortable being uncomfortable? Is there is there any like ritual activities that you perform for yourself to continue besides coming on podcasts and and talking about your whole life and all that stuff? Is there anything that you do on a, on a reg that that allows you to constantly um, apply this pride method? Yeah, uh, the, the baseline thing that I'm gonna do every single day is i'm going to talk to a stranger i'm going to start a conversation i was just i just did it today i was uh in the uh oddly enough in the er for something uh and there was another guy there and we were both sitting and we we're sitting like six chairs apart and, and something like that and we were both not there for anything covid related and i said and i just turned to him at one point and i said it's a heck of a day to be in the hospital, you know, heck of a time to be in the ER, isn't it? With everybody basically worried about COVID and everything. And yeah, and we, we ended up having five or 10 sentence exchange. That was it. I, I had no agenda except to interact with a human being. And that's the power of it, of, of that particular exercise is you never have a, a hidden agenda. You never have an ulterior motive for interacting with them. You're just connecting with another human being. And you realize 
one, how easy it is. And two, you're always hesitating to do, oh, well, maybe he doesn't, we've got all, he probably doesn't want to talk to me or, I, you know, he doesn't know me or, you know, I don't want to offend him. I don't want to, you know, interrupt his day, whatever the heck it is. We got, we're great at this. We're, Dr. No is in our ear all the time telling us, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, and so, so I, I want to talk, I want to talk about that. Cause that is actually a really powerful thing. A, a lot of this, um, underconfidence almost all almost all of it relates to dealing with other people right what yes. will people think about me if i do this what will what will i think of me if i fail what will it's is it's, it's either what uh, other people or yourself for the most part uh it, it relates to uh that social interaction and sometimes the social interaction is you talking to yourself because we have conversations with ourselves all the time, or at least I do. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a process when you're talking about uh, having this daily habit of talking to strangers, what are, what is the, what is going on in your mind right before you open up the conversation? Cause you don't always know you, cause you said it's not having an agenda, but like, how do you get yourself to open up in your situation where you may not feel comfortable talking to somebody where you're maybe not feeling so talkative. How do you get yourself to, to take that action? My, my, driving motivation is to find a simple way to make them feel better about themselves. Mm. Uh, it, it could just be a simple compliment. I love complimenting strangers. Uh, you know, those are great glasses. That's a terrific beard. That suit looks great on you. Uh, you know, you know, that hand handbag goes terrifically with that dress. I don't know how you picked it out because I'm colorblind, but you just look amazing. And then you're done. You never, you, you don't have to pursue it. It could turn into an hour long conversation, but that's not your goal. Your goal is to reach into somebody's life and give them a gift, a little gift of feeling better about themselves. And you're, and you're just walking around doing that. Hmm. And one of my, one of my favorite things that I've seen, I'm going to go back and forth here. I just want to share it. Cause I saw this recently. I was in, I was in uh, Tulum uh, just a couple of days ago. Um, and my, my friend's wife was with me and she was walking past a stranger. And I want to show this for anybody else that saw this. I thought this was one of the coolest moves. Uh, she saw this couple and she goes, oh my God, you guys look so beautiful right here. Can I take a photo of you with your phone? And so they go, oh yeah. And they just took that. And then she took an awesome photo and they said, here you go. And I was like, that was like the coolest gift to give somebody is you see someone in that moment that looks, that just maybe has a really cool look in that moment. And you go take a photo of them. Um, then we talk about with their phone, with their with, like it's their here. phone. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's like here. Here's your yeah. here. Now you have this picture. You're you're getting to see what I saw, and yeah. you've got it permanently. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, and, and it's that's a simple, bold move when you become addicted to doing that stuff. After mm. a while, I mean, when I'm in an elevator, I talk to people. You know why? Because people don't talk to each other in elevators. It's the weirdest damn thing. It's like we've all been, it's like we're in prison, right? And it's like, you better not make eye contact or look at anybody. Except in Australia, they all talk to each other. It's really hilarious. It's so uh, fun. But it, it, you, that, that exercise alone, now there's way more. You're going to keep pushing yourself deeper and deeper into your discomfort zone, but you're doing it gradually. But that thing is so powerful because it, it gives you something. And you realize, oh, being outgoing, being boldness actually has its own reward. I don't have to, they don't have to turn into a client. You know, they don't, they don't have to become my friend. I just made them feel good about themselves. 
I mean, yeah. I, I'll give you a perfect example. I'll, like I, sometimes I'll do this a lot at Starbucks. I'll, I'll get a Starbucks. I'll walk back in and, uh, and I'll go to the barista and I'll, I'll look at them and they're, they're about to hear, they're worried. Oh, he's got a complaint about the drink. And I just say, I just want to let you know that this is absolutely perfect. And I, you have to know that. And it makes me so happy and then walk away. Yeah. That almost reminds me of like uh, uh, one of my friends. He just he just loves to like randomly high five people and knuckle bump people. Like you just go by yeah. as those as those. Hey man, great job. Hey knuckle bumps. Go past someone in the gym. Yeah, nice move, man. And I I think there's a I I think that's an awesome mindset to kind of get that comfortability. Now what about when you're gonna say something that doesn't isn't gonna land so well? What are you gonna say if you're gonna have a conversation? It could be a a, a significant person in your life. Uh, a, a spouse, a, a, a partner, a person, anybody in your life that isn't going to make them feel good, right? How do you how do you get comfortable at doing that type of conversations? How do you get comfortable with the opposite side of the spectrum? The, one of the most powerful things that boldness does is it allows you to receive feedback, to invite feedback. So when so let's take it into something with a spouse. Your spouse is doing something that really bothers you. You can say, can I tell you how I feel about something? And it's just my reaction. And I don't want to feel that way. I want to fix it. And you can help me fix it by, by us talking about it. So, and, and she can say, what it is, what is it? And you can say, I, I, I can't stand... The, the fact that you run the dishwasher with only two dishes in it. It makes me crazy. I feel like you're wasting water. Um, and she'll say, well, I, I don't like the smell of the dishwasher when it, when stuff is in there because I don't rinse the dishes. And I say, well, why don't you rinse the dishes? And she said, because I don't like to waste water. And you go like, oh, so we actually both don't like to waste water. We just have two different approaches to it. Mm. And so it's so you you've invited you not you don't come in with, uh, uh, you know, I, this is what I think this is what you're doing wrong. And this is why it bothers me. As soon as you make somebody wrong, it's game over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. And you're wrong. And this is how and, and that that right yeah. there that that energy is like, oh, well, screw you, too. And you guys go back and yeah. forth. Right. And they have this this whole game yeah. that. Yeah, With that, so, this whole idea of debate club in high school, it's like, is the idea that you can win an argument by out debating somebody. Have you ever succeeded in doing that in real life? No, that's, that's not possible. No, no, you don't no. change somebody's mind by beating them with your more, more clever responses. Yeah. And there's that energy that you can you can tell it comes in with uh, with a combat. There's one thing that's like, hey, I'm gonna tell you something, and it and I don't know how it's gonna land, uh, and but I really want to get this off my chest, and I care about you, uh, and this thing's weighing on me. Uh, let's have a conversation about it. That's one thing. Versus, you know what? You really piss me off. You always do is like, oh, it, there's the two oh, yeah. different energies. So I love that. So what you do is you open it up with a question about a situation that doesn't make them look wrong, right? You tell them how you feel about it and how you, you need help to get from how you feel about it now to how you want to feel about it. And you want them to work with you through that process, whatever that might look like, to help you get from point A to point B. And if they could work with you on that process, whatever they might look like, you would feel better now. At least you could get this off your chest, right? Something like that as a 
Yeah, well, and you talked about earlier that this very wise thought is that pause between reaction and response. Mm -hmm. Because what you have, you do in that pause is say, what is the outcome I'm looking for? What is my actual intention, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody's made me feel bad or somebody's made me angry. Is, is, a, is a sarcastic or a mean response going to get me the outcome I'm looking for? Because probably not. I'm going to feel worse, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if I let myself get angry and resentful. So take a pause and say, wow, that really bothered me. I wonder why. And you can say, I, I'm really curious from my own standpoint, why that bothers me so much. Can we talk about why that, I, I would love to explore in me, what made me react like that? Cause I, I, I know I'm not perfect. Right. And I, and I, and I don't want to react that way, but that hit a nerve with me. I want to understand that about myself to hold as soon as you put it on them, it's, it's over. Right. Yeah. When, when you're, as you said, when, when you're right and they're wrong, the, the, the war is over before it starts. Right. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a power in that too. The, the being curious about your own feelings and how you reacted to a situation and asking someone to help you understand it is one thing versus I'm right and you're wrong. And I just want to let you know that I'm righteous and you're a villain. And, and you should be ashamed and embarrassed for having that feeling or whatever, whatever the thing might be. But that, that energy is a very dangerous thing to be when looking at like these types of situations, right? So you're going to be, uh, you've, you've, you've made the Super Bowl. You are released. You've released in October. So it's out. Is it, is there, is there an audible for it? Can people audible? It's a, there's, it's me reading the book. It's in audible. Fantastic. You can get it, any version of it, Kindle, audible or hardcover all on Amazon. Fantastic. And that's, that's, I, I, I think it's fantastic and super helpful. Um, cause I don't read that much. I don't know about that one. Um, uh, what about, uh, um, looking at this right here, um, what is your Holy grail for this book? What is that? What does that look like? And then I'm going to, and then some people have put some comments and things out. We'll open it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's some funny stuff over here. There's, there's, there's some commentary. I, I just noticed that there was a bunch of questions coming through that we'll take a look at, but I want, I want to answer the, the first, what is your Holy grail for the book? What do you hope to achieve by making this, by making and deploying this book? Uh, I, I want to be able to impact as many people to live lives that are as fulfilling and satisfying as possible and that they're chasing their dreams. And they're not giving up. They're not that because dreams don't you don't fail at dreams because they're too difficult. You fail because you don't get to them. You have all of these things that are holding you back from actually chasing the dream and accepting the stairway of failure. I want people to at the end of their lives to not say I should have and be able to fill in that blank. I want them to go, I, I, I kind of did. I did. I did say that. I did do that. I don't want people to miss important opportunities like uh, asking that person to marry you uh, or eulogizing your best friend because you don't like to speak in public. You'll get one chance to do that. And if you don't do it, you'll regret it the rest of your life. I don't want people to have regrets. I want them to know how to harness the boldness within themselves 
so that they don't become somebody else. They become the fullest version of themselves, and that's their gift to the world. So basically, the reason why you, uh, your holy grail or the the goal of creating the book is to help people live their life fully, so that they never they never look back with regret. They always have the ability to say, "I I did it. I took my shot. Maybe I maybe I, I failed gloriously uh, in front of a large crowd of people, but I took my swing." Because it's okay. exactly you said it better than me. So. Well, I just uh, under, understand it. Uh, but uh, we have questions here. Uh, we got a question, uh, uh, Mr. Rowe, have you ever impersonated a young Leslie Nielsen? Uh, which uh, is, I don't know if, uh, if anybody knows uh, who Leslie Nielsen is. Amazing. I know you have to go back to the airport movies and, yeah. uh, and <laughs> understand that. Uh, I, I have not. I have been. I have been accused of looking like many people, so I'm adding that to the list now. Is so. The general white guy look. So yeah. Right. So. <laughs> um, Question, I don't know if this is a joke or not, but how do you boldly deal with anti-vaxxers? I guess when you, I guess let's put it this way. How do, how do you deal with people that you have a different political, religious, philosophical viewpoint with that? Uh, it's really hard to, to do that, to take the first step, which is to shut the hell up and, and, and not come back with, how the hell can you think that way, right? Because that's what you want to say. But the reality is, they think that way for a reason. So instead, come at them and say, I understand that's your position. I'm really curious how you arrived at that position. Tell me, because I'm, I'm in a different place. I have my own biases and my own belief systems and my own you know, uh, sources of information. What informs this decision? Because in the end, they're just another person. And they may be grossly misinformed, but they're passionately grossly misinformed and you're not going to move them off of that i i was i you know when trump was running i realized i was i was never going to talk anybody out of voting for trump uh who was who felt like he was the, the second coming why would i try to do that so it's like okay so uh what how do you connect with him what's what what makes you think that he would be better? And just listen, if all you do is ask questions, they're eventually forced to come back to you and say, but well, why do you, why do you think he's lies all the time? For example, it's like, uh, well, you know, uh, just because of the sources I use for information, but you know, I can understand why, you know, even if you don't necessarily understand, if you start with, I can understand why you've taken this position, but I really want to understand you in particular. So that's a good point. If you're looking at that, you're, you're talking about being able to ask bold questions. A bold question is, is why, uh, what, what is the motivation between be, believing this or what, what about well, Trump uh, do you support? What about these things? You know, at what moment? In, so that's a great thing. It's not necessarily bold being like, take my thing and just force feeding someone like, you know, like a goose trying to make a frog. You're not trying to force feed the answers to people, but you're saying, Hey, bold questions in a situation where okay listen someone's uh, religion and politics are great examples you have religion and politics on both those sides can you ask bold questions and can you can you dive in? that's not about necessarily like force feeding someone answers but are you boldly able to listen are you boldly able to ask the questions that will rock the boat more so than anything that seems like and a, and you're willing to say 
underconfident people are very protective of, the, of their little fiefdom of ideas, right? And it's like, I have to be right about something or I'm, or I'm not important enough. A bold yeah. person is can perfectly comfortable saying, I could be completely wrong about this. Help me and understand why I might be wrong. And they may not persuade you, but now they're stuck with you being open-minded, yeah. which is really painful for them, right? Because they're in love with not being open-minded yeah. about this particular that, thing. Being able to boldly sit in the category of maybe is really powerful because people are like, yeah. it's my side or it's your side. Well, maybe. And it, being able to sit in that, that you know, because a lot of people fight or flight, right? You're going to fight or flight. But there's nothing to sit in that, that, that pocket on the area of going, I'm undecided. And I'm okay with being undecided. And let's have a conversation about being undecided. And, and I'm not trying to change you. I'm just trying to understand. And, and then walking away from a situation and not doing anything. Uh, uh, another exercise that popped in my mind about bold activities is going to place and sampling a bunch of things, but not buying like going in like an ice cream place and having a bunch of samples and they go, you want to buy? I go, no, I'm good. And then walking away for that, that sense of reciprocity that we all feel. So I just, as these things. Uh, uh, hand, I, yeah. Some, some people, they can't, they can't use a restroom in a place without buying something. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's like, I'll, I'll use the women's restroom, right? There's nobody in it because there's technically no law against that. It's like, it's just a sign on the door, right? I'm not <laughs> oh, going to go in and mess the whole place up. Oh, I like it. It's cleaner than the men's room anyway. Almost I, over. I did that. I did it in Vegas one time by accident. I didn't realize I went to the bathroom and then I went into the bathroom and I was using the stall. And then all of a sudden women started to walk in and then I was stuck in there and there's like four women. I was like, oh no, how do I get out of the situation? I had to like try to time it. Right? And then I kind of had to walk out and wave at people as I ran out uh i'm not saying it was necessarily bold it was more of an accident um yeah what uh, one of the questions that came up and i don't uh, i just want to address this because here is our bold face lies okay our bold face like how do you what about being bold and lying what is what are your what's your policies and thoughts around that i none of my thoughts are about acting without integrity it's, mm. it's not i mean con artists are incredibly bold Cat burglars are incredibly bold. In, in fact, most people who do any kind of crime takes a certain amount of boldness. But that's that's a failed life in my mind. That's that's taking the the power of boldness and using it to hurt people. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that a, a fulfilling, satisfying life is about getting over on other people, uh, yeah. taking advantage of other people. That's not. I want I want you to have a life where you find the true reward of being generous, of making a difference and having positive impact on as many people as possible. I love that. Boldness with integrity, right? Because boldness is, is just is acting in this in the face of fear or doubt, right? But the integrity is is the the reasons or the values that have you make those choices beyond whether I'm afraid or whether I'm not afraid or whether it's dangerous to myself. It's, it's, it's almost like the integrity piece is about the values and the, what's the meaning beyond the fear than necessarily the actual fear itself. Cause the boldness seems to be just the, despite of fear, that's my understanding. Um, what do you think if this is your goal, right? This is your Holy grail is to, uh, help people not live lives of quiet desperations, to have them live a life without regret, to have them uh, take action 
um, in spite of fear, what do you think is the dragon? What is the thing that you don't know if you can overcome to be able to make this Holy Grail uh, goal achievable? The fact that people don't read. <laughs> <laughs> Audio books. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's eventually, I, you know, I will do. I, that's why I do. I mean, I have, you know, probably fifty times more digital sales of my book than I do of of the printed version. Uh, but you can also get the exercises from my website, fredjoyle.com, because I want you to have a physical version of the exercises because you're going to be doing them. Uh, so I, for all these people who are reading digitally, I want them to have that resource. So I tell them that yeah. in the book and I'm, I'm telling you now, but, yeah. uh, it's just, you know, can I get out there? Can I dedicate myself and be disciplined enough to put this message out there and, and fail in my attempts? It could be that I put a two day workshop together that I think is going to be really powerful for people. And it's not. Uh, it doesn't transform them. They don't feel like it worked for them, but I'm going to try it and I'm going to keep trying it. And, and if, it, if eventually the, the, the marketplace says, this isn't ever going to work, then I'm going to, I'll find another way to get this message out there. Obviously podcasts are a great way to get it out there. I'm going to have a podcast where I'm bringing bold people on and, and telling their story and how they got that way and what their failures were. And I think it's it's inspiring to people to know that I did this for myself. I, however bad off you think you are, however shy or underconfident you think you are, I'll go failure by failure and rejection by rejection and, and missed opportunity one-on-one -on -one with you. Uh, but I found a way out. It can be learned. It can be taught. It's not something you're born with. Some people are lucky enough to be that way or they didn't get it programmed out of them to, to, to be bold. And, but they should just inspire you. Um, yeah. Well, and chase your dreams. One of the things I think was great is, um, yeah, you talk about people don't want to read. I mean, there's other ways to teach this material, right? You don't have to read. I, I, I mostly listen to audiobooks. I, I eat audiobooks for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, so that's why it was one of my first question I asked you, because if it, if it's in written form, I can. It's just a challenge. The best way is to actually have your Kindle or whatever and read it while you're listening to an audiobook. You're actually taking it in two different points at the same time. So an advanced trick is if you read it and you listen to it at the same time, you it's you, the retention goes up. And that's one of the things I do if I'm super serious about a book or any of those materials. I also recommend making a virtual reality experience as being a VR developer. I highly recommend you could actually create a metaverse boldness application that would allow people to do boldness activities and exercises inside a virtual world or inside the metaverse. And you could gain confidence inside a virtual metaverse application that you could then take into the physical world uh, because of mental models and things like that. Uh, uh, so that would be something I would just, I'm just going to put a little bug in your ear on that one. If you ever get around to the whole. Metaverse I love it. I love it. Yeah. There's a huge, yeah. huge, huge applications for that. There's a lot of phobias, uh, exercises and things like that in VR um, that people do do. Um, to get over it. And it's one of the best use cases um, for using virtual reality in case you people don't read or they don't listen to audiobooks. Maybe that's another pattern for you to to get to. Um, yeah, because this is about taking action. This is this it's the experience of acting boldly that changes you. You can read about it all day long. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm only getting my my mindset shifts so that you have logic that you can counter your negative programming with. But eventually, you got to go smile at strangers. You got to talk to strangers. You got to do crazy stuff and realize nothing bad happens. It, it happens over time. Yeah, I had a. I mean, for example, like this podcast, I mean, I started this like a year and a half ago and I, at first I was terrified. I did my first 10 and I was just like, oh my God, they were so bad that I burnt them all and got rid of them all. And I said, ah, I can't do this. Right. Um, now it's just so like, after doing so many, I'm just like, whatever, man. Like, it's like, it just, you get that action. But, but, but before it was so terrifying, it was impossible. And now it's weird. You look back and it feels like nothing. There's this weird chasm. On the front side of it, it seems impossible. On the back side of it, it seems like 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 nothing. And so it's just a weird, it's a weird um mindset shift. I feel like I haven't changed, but when I look back at it, I feel like I'm completely comfortable now. And I don't really I can't really explain how, what, or why. Um well, it's uh, you know, I started learning to snowboard this year and it's, there's a staggering amount of falling that goes on when you first learn how to do it. Um, and then there's a moment where all of a sudden you start to balance yourself over the board mm. uh, and you go and your, and your body goes, Oh, this is what you mean. You want me to stay centered on the board. I didn't realize that. I thought you just kept wanting to fall backwards and forwards. <laughs> um, and so it, it, there, it's that same shift. And then eventually you just go, I think I'm going to point it down the hill for a while and see what happens. And it may fall <laughs> at the bottom, but at, at the same time, now I'm on it. Now, now it's, it, you know, it, and the brain learns the same thing with boldness exercises. It's like, oh, so we're going to, we're going to try stuff and we're going to let it bounce. Rejection bounce off us. Okay. I guess that's what, who we are. That's why you got to do stuff every day. You transform yourself by yeah. what you do every day yeah and your dreams decay by what you don't do every day i love it and uh and bruce who's talking about the bold face lies will will uh will end it on this one i thought it was a great quote with great boldness comes great responsibility thank you bruce True enough. appreciate Thanks, that bruce. one yeah with great boldness comes great responsibility which is absolutely true because it, it is a it is a power that you have but you know the heroes are of service to the people and they take their powers and they are of service while the villains serve themselves and they have power as well. They just misappropriate it. So um, I think that's a great note to end on. With that being said, um, is there anything else you'd like to let people know about before you tell them how to get a hold of you and how to get a hold of your book? No, I think let's go right back to what we talked about at the beginning, that mantra of saying, I belong everywhere is transformational mm. uh, just say that in every situation where you're telling yourself you don't you go no i belong everywhere i belong here i belong in this place i think it's beautiful i belong everywhere you could change the world it's fantastic and then fred if people want to get a hold of you or get a hold of your book how do they find you how do they find your book what does that look like fredjoyle.com is my website you can download the first chapter of the book there you can download the exercises uh, and uh, my book is not in bookstores because it's self-published. So you can get it on Amazon uh, in all forms. Uh, and you can always, if you want a half hour consultation with me, you can book that on my website too. If you go like, I'm too shy. I can't even get out of the house. I'll get you out of the house. So <laughs> I'll get you talking to strangers. 
<laughs> I love it. Fred, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you being on the show. Uh, I, I love the work that you're doing. So um, much love, and I will see you on the other side. Thank you, Dylan. Thanks, everybody. Take care now. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Heroes of Reality podcast. Check out heroesofreality.com for more episodes. While you're there, you can also take the Heroes quiz to find out what kind of hero you are. Or, if you have a great story and want to be on the podcast, tell us why your hero's journey will inspire others. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side.